0: Thank you very much, Elcele. That story about diabetes being on the increase, it's a terrible story, that one. Story and, uh, it's, it really paints a bleak picture for us, really. If things go like this, imagine in 10 years' time how much the numbers would have gone up. Yeah, because uh, we... Uh, Obesity also uh, contributes quite a great deal here, but uh, being inactive, Mm. but also alcohol, uh, smoking, and lifestyle. Lifestyle. It's a lifestyle disease, they say. say, And wow. we really need to turn it down to some extent yeah. I tell you what, we'll be talking hopefully to Dr. Olive Shisane uh, From uh, the Human Sciences Research Council about this particular story We'll be listening So just stay tuned This is uh, Midday Live on S F M, South Africa's news and information leader At seven and a half minutes past twelve Welcome to your Tuesday edition And uh, still to come, the Centre for Development and Enterprise Is proposing a new schooling structure We'll be looking at uh, that particular story With uh, our senior education reporter, Angela and uh, the united states has reiterated its long-held position that any easing or lifting of sanctions against zimbabwe would happen only in the context of a credible election that's uh, another story that uh, we'll be looking at and of course uh, as i said we'll hopefully we'll be talking to dr Olive Shish- about uh, that uh, particular story and we know that uh, the president also is meeting um, the, is hosting the Business Unity South Africa and the Black Business Council at uh, the Presidential Business Working Group meeting in Pretoria. We'll be uh, unpacking that with uh, our Tsepo and He is the Presidential Correspondent, by the way. So we welcome your SMSs at 34701, whatever is on your mind today. And uh, we welcome your tweets also at Kuala B News. At Kuala B News is our Twitter handle, but also at SAFM Midday Live. Uh, is the Twitter account that you can use. Alright, to our top story this hour, the Democratic Alliance and a group of uh, a group comprising all opposition parties in uh, the uh, municipality in the northwest province uh, intends to pass a motion of no confidence in the municipal speaker. The group accuses the speaker of incompetence and of uh, being unable to conduct council meetings. This is the second time that a motion against the same speaker will be passed. For more on this now, we joined on the line by our reporter in the northwest Patrick Dintra, good afternoon to you
1: Good afternoon uh, Bongi
0: Now the DA is in charge of the municipality in that uh, the mayor now, as you remember Mepetle Mepetle was removed by the courts and now it's uh, Annette Combrick who is in charge, but uh, there is uh, another move now to unseat the speaker tell us more about that
1: Indeed it is true, uh, Bongi uh, that uh, the DA coalition group, which uh, mainly comprises of opposition parties, that is your Freedom Front Plus and Cope, you know, are intending to pass a motion of no confidence against the Speaker Baray Sokoti. Uh, apparently, the DA coalition group met uh, within this week, where they were they raised their uh, unhappiness and dissatisfaction uh, in the manner in which the Speaker. Is, is running the council uh, meetings they say uh, he is not fit he is unable even to chair some of the council meetings they are saying some of the decisions he made uh, you know know it does not go well with them as uh, parties within uh, the council itself so what they have agreed is that uh, next month uh, uh, september uh, there will be a Special council meeting where they are uh, going to pass a motion of no confidence. Uh, they they intend to hold this uh, uh, meeting next month because uh, remember uh, today and tomorrow. There are by-elections in this ward uh, today. They are started with the special vote, and then tomorrow there will be a special. I mean, I mean a by-elections in ward nine, and then on the 18th uh, it will be uh, by-elections for nine wards. So precisely, they are going to take this decision next month because they are hoping that uh, uh, the, either them or the, the the independent candidates will make it uh, during this by-election. So as a result, uh, they will have a number. That will make it possible that they should be in majority. And as a result, they will pass a motion of no confidence uh, against the Speaker. Currently, uh, the, the, this council of talk where it stands at uh, ANC being held in 20, and then the Democratic Alliance and, and, and opposition parties, uh, they are 22 all in, all in number. So what they are saying is that they only need five extra councillors, either from them or from. And that depending on the outcome of the violation, so they should have a two-thirds majority uh, and then they can be able to can, you know, easily pass a motion of no confidence against the speaker.
0: But, uh, Patrick, it's more than uh, just the Speaker uh, being incompetent. I mean, uh, you, you will cast your eyes back to, uh, let, me, let me put it this way, it's about politics. It's about the DA really uh, consolidating its power. If you cast your eyes back, uh, the, the 16 councillors there voted with the DA to unseat the, the, the former Mayor, Mapetli but also there was then a, a legal action uh, after legal action until uh, the Mayor was removed through uh, the, the, the Court of Law. So really, it's not not only at least about incompetence, but also about politics.
1: Exactly, uh, You'll remember even during the the court hearing at the North houting in Pretoria, where uh, the same speaker and Dakota Lohota, who is uh, currently the chief of of the ANC, when they took the matter to the court, where they said that the court must rule that the meeting that you know. Don't uh, uh, put, put uh, Combring as the mayor was illegal. So really, it's a, it's a, it's a political matter because uh, the DA and Annette Combring specifically, uh, as the analyst also has seen, she she's trying to consolidate power of the DA in the in, 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 in Remember, Post uh, Street on its own, its history uh, is believed to be predominantly white uh, town. So what they are trying to do, they are trying to consolidate power. Remember, if the mayor is is, is the speaker, I mean, the mayor is coming from the DA, and obviously they want uh, the speaker... To be a DA mayor, so that if they have a speaker and the mayor, obviously, they will control the, the whole uh, uh, council. And they, probably they, 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 are, they are hoping that even next year's election, they might, you know, during the national election, they might do well in Ingo. So, like you're saying, I agree with you. Really, it's, it's a matter of politics. They want okay. to consolidate power so that they, they, the DA should be in control of the entire protest
0: room. All right, we thank you very much, Patrick Dintra, our reporter in the Northwest. We were hoping and had confirmed uh, Alvin Botas. Uh, he is uh, the MEC for Cooperative Governance and uh, uh, in uh, the Northern Cape. There, uh, Namakoi municipality in that province uh, positions are really reversed But the development is pretty much uh, uh, the mirror of what is happening in Klobom This time around it is the DA that is refusing to hand the municipality over to the ANC So we were hoping uh, to talk to uh, the MEC there about uh, that uh, particular story Right here on SFM 104 to 107 Uh, It's uh, 15 minutes now past 12 And uh, out of story this hour, President Jacob Zuma will not replace Judge Francis Lichodi after he resigned from the Seriti Commission of Inquiry into the Arms Deal. Looking at the markets at this hour, gold is trading at one thousand two hundred ninety-two dollars seventy-four cents an ounce. Platinum at one thousand four hundred forty-five dollars fifty cents an ounce. The rand is trading at nine rand eighty-six cents against the US dollar, at fifteen rand sixteen cents to the pound, and at thirteen rand nine cents. To the euro.
2: Here in Johannesburg, motorists queue to fill up their tanks. Fuel price is set to increase by 8%. Tuesday's
3: fuel 10. price increase out the of the dollar exchange
4: rate soared
5: to 18.1. A- agrees to build two oil pipelines with the up up UAE as
2: its biggest source the of crude. The UAE claims oil prices off track. In Britain,
4: petrol price, price hikes pushed inflation to 10%. oil, oil rose Tuesday as the market awaited oil prices the the t- bounced back from a three-month
5: high. global economic recovery begins. SABC News now on DSTV channel 404. All local, all global, all the time. Do you want to learn how to pitch your business idea effectively? Do you want to take your existing business to the next level? Engine
6: Pitch and Polish in association with SAFM is setting the stage for entrepreneurs. If you believe in your business idea and would like some guidance, then we want you to attend our inspiring workshop where you will receive expert training and tips. This free workshop is coming to a town near you. For more info, SMS PITCH, your name and city to 45982. Register online at pitchandpolish.com or phone 011-566-2000. SMS costs and C apply
4: mark twain once said sing like no one's listening love like you've never been hurt dance like nobody's watching mark lottery once said
2: neiman dance like 49 million people are watching because they probably are Strictly Come Dancing is back and now has a new home on SABC3. Join me and co-host Pabby Malloy on Wednesday, 10th of July from 8 till 10pm to see you tango their way to victory in Season 6 of Strictly Come Dancing, South Africa.
0: Sixteen and a half minutes past twelve This is Midday Live, SAFM 104 to 107 The Human Sciences Research Council says South Africa will see a drastic increase In the number of people diagnosed with diabetes Over the next five years These are just some of the findings Over the first, or rather first ever South African National Health and Nutrition Examination Survey The survey was conducted with over 27,000 individuals In 8,000 households across the country and uh, reveal that uh, a third of men and a half of uh, women are physically unfit. Let's uh, talk now to Professor Dimitri uh, Labadarius. Uh, he is uh, from the Human Sciences Research Council. You remember we had promoted that. We'll talk to Dr. Olive Shisana, but uh, equally good as well. Uh, d- uh, Professor, good afternoon to you.
7: Good afternoon
0: I see, maybe let, let's start with this now You're challenging the Department of Health to impose higher taxes on the sale of alcohol in the country Of course, in an effort to uh, discourage people from consuming alcohol in the country Talk us through that, but also talk us through your findings
7: Yeah, uh, I think I'll deal with the easier one uh, we, That is now the uh, the tax on the alcohol that you mentioned uh, certainly, this is one of the uh, recommendations for consideration by the Ministry, and that will obviously be taken up by the Minister and dealt with in a separate uh, in a separate uh, format and issue or forum now regarding the survey itself, thank you for the opportunity uh, it's a unique survey as you said in many ways including the main in the in its main or one of its main features that The results that we got from the survey are not just based on questionnaires, as is usually the case, um, but it is also that those results are coupled uh, to a clinical examination which was done by a doctor and a blood sample that was drawn by a nurse in which we made analysis for a number of biomarkers, Mm. one of which is for diabetes.
0: Mm. So, so the picture really is is quite dire. I mean, you you are saying that one in five South Africans have have a high hypertension, with the highest prevalence since uh, in the Free State. Yeah. So the figures are quite serious. Just maybe well, talk us through some of these figures. Okay.
7: I think I think uh, I think you're quite right uh, that one should see your point of diabetes uh, in the bigger picture uh and in at the population level one out of ten you're quite correct people have hypertension.
4: Hmm.
7: Even in, in another one out of ten are pre hypertensive. In other words they're at risk of developing hypertension, yeah. Uh, and then of course we have a situation where weight, uh body weight uh, is is much he- we are much heavier these days than we were 10 years ago, and that applies to men and women, but especially women. You mentioned the level of fitness among a segment of the population. There is an equally large segment of population, one out of four that have high blood lipids. There is about one out of five people that has a high fat, high sugar intake, so it is that environment uh, that we have described in the findings that creates the potential uh, yeah. to actually increase uh, both the prevalence and the implications and the complications uh, of the uh, what we call non-communicable diseases, specifically for the diabetes that you mentioned. We made a diagnosis of diabetes of about 9%. I don't have the figures in front of me, but it's around about there. But significantly, another 8.5% are what we call in a, in, a, in a state where diabetes needs to be excluded, and that is something that is going to put tremendous strain on the uh, on the health services, and we must be addressed. Otherwise, you know, uh, we will have to somehow. Uh, leave those people untreated, which is not actually what one aims for. And and, uh, that is now used in the WHO criteria of what is, can be diagnosed as diabetes and what is for further investigation mm. and these are the findings. But yeah.
0: Professor what, what are the causes behind this for people really to be to be uh, this obese to be uh, as a result then they have a hypertension yeah. and, and diabetes is it yeah. a lifestyle is it a, yeah. a poverty is it complicated and where do you find this in in urban areas or across the spectrum even yeah. in rural areas? Yeah.
7: Oh, uh, I can only give you broad questions and two broad answers. Uh, Certainly, uh, urban areas, formal and informal, uh, are worse off than rural areas. Mm. But within the urban domains, there is concern among the informal areas. In other words, the urban informal areas were... A tremendous, uh, tremendous energy and a tremendous change, and pace of change. And we should be looking at that, that answering that question. And uh, repeat your uh, other point uh, that you made? Uh,
0: I, I wanted to know, really, the, the causes, is it, is it the lifestyle? The causes, uh, sorry,
7: yeah. Uh, yeah, look, uh, it is lifestyle. You mentioned uh, the level of un- un- unfitness that the survey found. I mentioned or I indicated some of the findings regarding what we eat. And importantly, you mentioned the word poverty, which I would like to concentrate just a little bit. Mm. Uh, Because one of the findings of the survey is uh, that uh, primarily women, which is not surprising, uh, do grocery shopping. But even women that do grocery shopping, if you ask and we did what is really what makes you buy a particular food item the first thing that comes out is price in other words if it's expensive they don't buy it mm. and the second thing that is important to people buying food is taste now i would say but health is not a consideration it's far down the line or further down the line mm. Now, when it comes to price in relation to poverty, in relation to what one can buy with the little money that one has, then clearly you go for foods that are energy dense to make you feel uh, full, uh, feel full, and that, in excess, or like anything else in excess, but particularly that is is a cause that you know leads to a number of problems obesity including obesity
0: uh, so so it's a
7: it's a combination of risks and a combination of what we have to do in order to help our people and our nation really
0: right as we're wrapping up really but also there's another element which is a huge factor of ingredients of, of what's in the, the stuff that we buy. A, and we have no control over that. You find that uh, yeah. there's GM foods that has got all yeah. sorts of things and it basically uh, we're eating stuff that we shouldn't be eating.
7: You're yeah. raising yeah, a very important point, uh and on on a very complex problem which will need to be addressed uh in a, in an environment of multi stakeholder meetings and understanding. Let me let me leave you with a thought. There is no or there are there when you go to shop, there are so many foods for a tiny little amount of an extra nutrient that they put in the food. You see labels this is good for you because it contains extra this and extra that and extra that. They are making claims right when other foods are not so good for health uh nothing is said about it. Mm. So why is it that we cannot have labels, labels for instance, on food items, both sides? Then we have, then we level the playing fields. People know what they shouldn't eat, and people know what they can eat. (laughs) And that's an example of what's to come. And then the other thing is, we cannot remain a maize nation, maize meal nation forever after, can we? I mean we are evolving
0: That's a good point to end Thank you very much uh, Professor Dimitri Labadaros From uh, the Human Sciences Research Council Uh, Startling figures indeed there 1 in 10 South Africans have Hypertension Uh, Very interesting 26 minutes past 12 And uh, let's uh, cross now to our reporter Candice Klein. She is our senior constitutional court reporter. The constitutional court has convened to hear an application brought by the Minister of Police, Natin Teto, against uh, the Western Cape Premier Helen Ziller's decision to launch a commission of inquiry into the alleged breakdown of a uh, relationship between the police and the Kailicha community. Police Minister Natin Teto says his department has no problem with the, the setting up of a commission of inquiry, but has told the constitutional court that uh, Western Cape Premier Helen Zille overstepped the mark in uh, conferring powers of uh, subpoena on uh, the commission. Candice Line, good afternoon to you. Uh, let's uh, just remind us of uh, this matter where it started and uh, where it is today.
8: Well, it started last year when the Premier of the Western Cape, Ellen Solo received complaints from various NGO and civil society organizations in the Western Cape complaining about uh, a breakdown of the relationship between the community and the police, as well as police inefficiency. Um, they requested that the Premier institute a commission of inquiry to investigate this complaint and then to make a to the Minister on how to remedy the situation. Um, there was various correspondence between the Premier uh, and the police commissioner both national and provincial level and there's other stakeholders um, in respect to the complaint with the Premier asking what do you guys think we should do about this issue should we institute a Commission of Inquiry uh, of course they didn't seem to actually come to any uh, specific resolution in regard to that although uh, the Police Commissioner uh, did establish that there was a need for such a commission and in fact they repeated that today in court. that they're not opposed to a Commission of Inquiry they actually think it's a very good idea um, because the complaint raises very serious issues not
0: in the Western tech. But uh, at the heart of uh, this uh, constitutional court uh, matter is uh, the powers to subpoena by the Commission. That is what uh, Police Minister Natin Tato is, is arguing against
8: that's basically what he's saying the other argument is um, that on a provincial level any premier does not have the power uh, or or can't give a commission the power um, to to, to force the police to appear before them or to submit evidence to them Um, that if they want the police to to, to submit evidence um, that can only be done through the provincial period of the police which is empowered to go into the policeman's office and say listen here we want such and such document, we want such and such answer to such and such question." but they say that the the, the power to actually force the police or compel the police to appear before the commission, does not rest in the province, that's a national competence, the police are only accountable to the national police commissioner uh, on a national level or to the president ultimately, um, but that the pre- that's Premier in fact um, uh, conferred powers she in fact doesn't have that's enough the of their argument, they're not saying that the commission is a bad thing, that's the agree that, that it should be made up, but what they're saying is that the way the Premier went about doing it and the power she gave to the That is what they are challenging in the
0: Constitutional Court. Right, so the legitimacy is is really not in question here, but uh, really how the Commission should go about doing its work. But what is happening today, uh, Candice?
8: Well, arguments are going to be heard today. Judgment is likely to be reserved. We are currently hearing arguments um, from the premier's lawyers. Um, to effect that uh, some arguments that, the, that, the, that the, 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 the police minister put forward was that if the if the police are, are, are to be forced to appear before the commission, they would obviously um, have to forego their daily duties. Uh, it would it would impact on policing itself. Um, that such coercive, coercive powers are actually usurping um, the powers of the police by telling the police what to do and when to do it. Um, the, responding to that specifically, uh, the premier was saying that that, that is not the case. Um, all that the, the commission would be able to do is to subpoena the police to come before it to respond to specific allegations of of inefficiency and a breakdown of a relationship. So basically, to give their side of the story. And that if they don't have that that coercive power to force the, the to force the police to come appear before them and, and answer specific questions, then the commission would in fact be would in effect be without teeth it wouldn't be able to do much. It would be a pointless exercise uh, and a waste of money. Um, so they're basically saying that, they, that, the, that the police should, of course, be able to appear before them, that they should be allowed to, 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 to compel the police to do so. Um, and, they, and, and they also dispute um, that the police are not accountable at the provincial level.
0: I thank you very much, Candice Klein, our senior constitutional court reporter at 12.30. And we say once again good afternoon to Let's with the news headlines. <music> Indeed, uh, very interesting. Looking forward to that. Uh, good radio ahead still to come, right here on SFM four two one o seven. We stay in the courts now. The Minister of Justice and Constitutional Development, uh, Mr. Jeff Haterbe, has briefed members of the media on the findings and recommendations made by the Ministerial Advisory Task Team on the reintroduction of Specialised sexual offences courts In the country The task team was established in June 2012 To investigate the viability Of reintroducing sexual offences courts And uh, uh, among other issues as well The Minister has also reflected On progress in the implementation Of the new model proposed by the task team For sexual offences For more on this now We are joined on the line by The Deputy Minister of Justice and Constitutional Development John Jeffrey, good afternoon to you sir Good
9: afternoon and good, afternoon to the listeners.
0: good to chat to you for the first time here uh, on uh, Midday Live Since you've moved to this position uh, But uh, at hand really is the issue of the reintroduction of uh, sexual offences courts how, how far are we right now and what did the minister say?
9: Well basically the minister was reporting back to the media On the report from the ministerial advisory task team Maybe just to say that... By the end of 2005, there were 74 sexual offences courts countrywide, uh, and they had shown a a significant improvement in the conviction rate for sexual offences. However, the courts had a number of um, lack of a specific legal framework to establish them, a dedicated budget or visibility, etc. There was also a reluctance on on the part of many magistrates to preside over sexual offences matters, and inadequate communication between the, the role players. And so many of them um, fell into disuse, and I think there's only about nine that, that were then still still functioning, although regional court presidents um, dedicated a number of, of, of courts to sexual offences matters. But the task team's report was on the reestablishment of these sexual offences courts, and then a model as to what they uh, they should look like, um, and um, the a proposal for a number of, of sexual offences courts to be re-established. I think the figure is is um, in the region of around 56, hmm.
0: um,
9: of which 22 would be re-established in this current financial year.
0: Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna see some here, but uh, really these courts. Uh, Are needed. Uh, There's a serious need for for them, you know, in light of what is happening with the with the rape and uh, and abuse of women. But uh, I guess the question is, are they going to be empowered in terms of uh, in terms of training, in terms of how the police take statements, but also because uh, women have been raising an issue that when they get to uh, uh, any court of law, they they are victimized even further uh, because uh, because of how the statements were were, were collected, but uh, also because of how investigations uh, transpired and because of how uh, matters just transpire in court.
9: Uh, well, that's the aim of the courts is is to ensure better treatment uh, for victims of sexual offences, and it's basically uh, some of the the, um, the the services that need to be offered is is the screening of the cases, a better caseload management to ensure that the cases come to court within a reasonable time, a special room from which the victim will testify, um, private waiting rooms for adults and victim support services, designated court officials, and then specialist presiding officers who have experience in criminal matters and who've undergone uh, training. Um, it's particularly aimed both at, at women and children, but also at other vulnerable groups.
0: Mm. And uh, in terms of uh, in terms of funding, uh, what what is the department saying about that? Because uh, it needs to be funded uh, sufficiently.
9: Well, look, the, the sorry, it's 57 uh, courts. These would be courts at a regional level because of the seriousness of of, of sexual offences. So they would be regional court um, levels rather than district court levels. Um, but the 57 would be over the three-year uh, medium-term expenditure uh, framework period. And, 20, and there is funding for 22 courts to be established this current year, the year that would end um, at the beginning of next year.
0: Mm. And uh, Deputy Minister, just uh, talk us through really the, the, the model uh, proposed uh, by the task team for, 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 for these uh, uh, courts. I mean, are they expected uh, to impact uh, the current uh, judicial system also regarding sexual offences? Are they going to uh, address the backlog that is uh, uh, currently faced by the ordinary courts?
9: well they they would be they're, they're courts that would be specifically dealing with sexual offences the 22 will be all over the country and then as i said the the intention is to increase it over the three year period they would be courts with proper facilities to handle these cases such as um facilities for um for the the the, the victims and their witnesses to wait in um there's specifically um a room from which the victim can testify, so that the victim does not have to be in the same room. Accused doesn't have to stand in a in a rather probably intimidating um, courtroom, but can be in a special room where there's interaction with the with the victim witness uh, through closed circuit television, and then trained trained staff uh, give to be able to ensure that the 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 process of testifying and giving evidence is as a, has as little trauma as possible.
0: Okay, we well thank you very much Deputy Minister there of Justice and Constitutional Development John Jeffrey here on uh, SAFM 104-107 to 107. Just a couple of SMS's Coming through here Diabetes is caused by sugar Make sugar a controlled substance And uh, the disease will disappear That one is unsigned And coming through from Ted Saying that the puppet samurai uh, of the West Has been crushed in this Zim elections And they accept the will Of uh, the people of Zimbabwe uh, Coming through from uh, saying that uh, president jz took a wise decision not to appoint replacement uh, for judge Khodi. he must have uh, judges he trusts uh, than those who respect good corporate governance uh, so see under there and uh, Tommyed saying that why did the uh, JZ appoint a judge from uh, SCA then a retired judge why must uh, it report periodically uh, to him uh, that's uh, the one coming through from uh, Tamika I'll be reading the rest of your SMS's and your tweets coming through at uh, 3 four 7, Costing you two rent But also at Kuala B News And at SAFM uh, Midday Live Alright oh, It's uh, 20 minutes to 1 Right here on uh, Midday Live on SAFM South Africa's news and information leader The Centre for Development and Enterprise Is uh, proposing a new schooling structure This after their research Into school trends worldwide Has revealed that uh, What they call a missing sector In the schooling system The Centre's CEO and ben Stein says it's time South Africa considered public-funded private schools. She says this model, which has assumed names like charter schools, contract schools, and concession schools in other countries, could chart a new path for the education system. Senior education reporter Angela Bolwani filed this report for us.
5: 192 million people, 6.5 million children out of school, and 80% of them have never been to school 40% of them used to drop out, and 77% of them could only go to the ladder of grade 9. And there was a serious risk that Pakistan would not be able to achieve the Millennium Development Goals.
3: Dr. Alam Aliq of the Punjab Education Foundation churned out depressing numbers, but this was before millions of learners in Pakistan finally had accessible, quality education. Education has changed drastically in that country now. This is due to what they call foundation-assisted schools. These schools are publicly funded but privately owned and monitored by the Punjab Education Foundation. This is a non-political, non-aligned organization whose sole interest is to make sure that these schools work. With their work, there are better learning outcomes, fewer school dropouts, less absenteeism, and reduced truancy. But a major feature of this model is that teachers are assessed based on their performance.
5: Let me emphasize here that in this public-private partnership model, there are five essential ingredients. Number one, there is a good design of the instrument. There is ensured cash flow. There is maverick implementation, that means virtuous teams who are implementing at the ground level. There is political ownership by the government, and above all, there is relentless monitoring and evaluation. That means that there is no relaxation on this part.
3: In the two developing countries that made presentations, the model seems to have been used as an answer to reduce the cost of education. It appears that millions of children were out of school because they could not afford the cost of schooling. This was the case in Pakistan, and it seems to also have been the case in Uganda, as Dr. Yusuf Zubuga explains.
5: The private share of enrollment has risen to 48%. It was, it was terribly low by the time we started. There are also more private secondary schools today than public schools. The, again, the share is 60%, although the majority of them are small. Otherwise, the enrollment would be higher, but the enrollment is still higher in public schools.
3: Dr. Nsubuga also says their partners are communities, investors and NGOs. However, there are mixed results in the United States where these schools are called charter schools. But there is research pointing out that many of the schools outperform government schools, especially in meds. In London, these schools are called contract schools, and while there are some that do not function as they should, there are enough schools that are performing well enough to keep the concept going. Anne Bainstein of the Centre for Development and Enterprise is making a case for these schools in South Africa.
4: Is a diversion from the more important issue of reforming our massive public schooling system? A legitimate question. We think it's not a diversion. We think that this starting this kind of sector could be a laboratory for South Africa, a sort of R&D sector on what works in low-income areas or with pupils from disadvantaged backgrounds, and let's get some innovation and private sector energy and dynamism and mistakes into this sector.
3: The center argues that the private school sector is growing at a fast rate, contrary to official numbers. While this is also extending to poor communities with some private schools charging competitive rates, the center thinks this new concept would push the standards of education higher. In Pakistan, quality assessment tests are administered twice a year. The aim was to have at least sixty six point six percent of learners achieving forty percent pass rate. This now has been pushed to fifty percent. The results seem phenomenal and the centre believes that this is the model South Africa should follow. In these schools, however, quality will be the focus and teachers will be assessed based on their performance. Schools will be allowed to hire and fire, and the government will not have a say on how schools work, when they work, or even on the curriculum. They will, however, only be concerned with whether schools reach certain pass rates. Schools that don't perform are closed down.
0: And uh, that report by Angela Bologna. Let's give you your lunchtime market updates. Today's JSE report is brought to you by Telcom Business. Convergence. One solution, one service provider. Telcom Business. We say good afternoon to Mpo More of uh, SASFIN Securities. Mpoh, how has uh, our market reacted to interest rate cut in Australia?
10: Uh, good afternoon, Bongi. Uh, market is trading flat on the back of uh, lower close in the U.S. Uh, with gold shares main losers on the lower gold price. Markets are mixed in Europe where the foot is flat at 6,620 points. Dex up a quarter of a percent and the CAC 40 is 0.17 of a percent better. Back to the JC, we've got the gold index down 2.9 percent. Resource index down three quarters of a percent. Industrial index up 0.2 of a percent financial index up 0.15%. The overall market is down only 42 points, or 0.1 of percent, to 41,762
0: points. And uh, results coming out of uh, Mirafe Resources and NetBank Group?
10: Uh, firstly, Mirafi Resources uh, released their interim result. Uh, diluted headline earnings per share came in at uh, 3.8 cents That's against 5.5 cents previously. Revenue, however, was up uh, 19% to 1.4 billion rands. No interim dividend was declared and uh, Merafi Resource is currently trading 1.56% higher at 65 cents a share. Net Bank Group also released their interim result. Uh, Diluted headline earnings per share were up uh, 12.6% to 831 cents. That's against 738 cents previously. Net interest income was up uh, 6% to 10.3 billion rands. An interim dividend of 390 cents per share was led. and uh, NetBank Group is currently trading 0.4% higher at 182 rents and 29.
0: Cents. And big movers today.
10: Uh, on the upside, we've got PSV up to 2.3% to 64 rents and 50 cents. HCI up 2.25% uh, to 132 rents and 20 cents. Nasper's up 2% to 832 rents and 54 cents. Richmond up 1.8% to 99 rents and 71 cents. African Bank up one and a half percent to fifteen cents and thirty-five cents on the downside, mainly dominated by gold shares. good Harmony down four point three percent to thirty-four cents and forty-one cents. Goldfields down three point six percent to fifty-three cents and forty-two cents. JD Group down three point four percent to twenty-eight cents and ten cents. Aveng down three percent to twenty-five cents and ninety-two cents. And lastly, Anglo Gold Ashanti down two point six percent to one hundred and twenty-two rents and
0: eighty-nine cents. And your latest market indicators?
10: The gold price is currently quoted at one thousand two hundred and ninety-three dollars and twenty-three cents an ounce, platinum one thousand four hundred and thirty-nine dollars and forty five cents a fine ounce, Brent Crew to one hundred and seven dollars and eighteen cents per barrel, the government R one five seventy is selling at a yield of six point zero nine percent. And now to our currencies, the rent to the dollar is at 9 rands and 87 cents. The rent to the euro is at 13 rands and 11 cents. The rent to the pound is at 15 rands and 17 cents. Back to you, Bungie.
0: Thank you very much, Chumpo More of Sasfin Securities. This feature was brought to you by Telcom Business. Talk to Telcom Business about getting you on the journey to convergence with a tailor-made solution. Telcom Business.
2: Marilyn, I need a non automated, hand operated ink dispenser for the objective of on paper documentation. A pen, sir? Yes, that's the word I was looking for.
0: Using several words when one will get the job done doesn't make sense. Neither does using several providers when you can get voice, mobile, fixed, data, cloud, and IT from one service provider. Call 10217, click forward slash business, or visit a Telcom Direct store and get a tailor made solution. Convergence. One solution, one service provider. Telcom Business. It's a 12 minutes to 1. This is Midday Live, SAFM 104 to 107. Some of the tweets and SMS is coming through from Dev uh saying that uh, the ANC have no one to blame but themselves for handing power to the DA in Tlaokwe, and now the DA wants to consolidate its power there. On SMS is 34701, costing you two rand. Uh, this one says that uh, the Zulu and Kosa nations were greatly admired for their health and stature. Uh, until the colonial powers introduced sugar Alright, of course uh, that's the story that uh, we spoke about uh, earlier on Uh, That story about uh, the Human Sciences Research Council Saying that uh, South Africa will see a drastic increase In the number of people diagnosed with diabetes Over the next uh, five years And uh, we spoke to Professor Dimitri Labadaros uh, there from uh, the Council And uh, this SMS now says uh, it's wrong to say uh, MDC and Rai represent interests of uh, the West He represents the legacy of uh, Ian Smith and uh, of Tony Blair and Maggie Thatcher it comes through from Togom Benze and this one coming through from Silo Shai, saying that congratulations and long live comrade Robert Mugabe son of the soil you are the last true African soldier standing the real African ambassador uh, says Silo Shy uh, sending that SMS through from Nelsprate at 10 minutes to 1 uh, and um, we are hoping to talk to uh, the MEC for Cooperative Governance and Traditional Affairs in uh, the Northern Cape. uh, Council activities in the Namakoi municipality in the Northern Cape have been disrupted since uh, uh, the by-elections there in May this year. Uh, The NC won control of the municipality from the Democratic Alliance, but uh, the DA has uh, refused to vacate the municipality offices there. So that's the story that uh, we were hoping to tackle with you. Unfortunately, uh, the MEC Alvin Bottas is not available to speak to us about that. But uh, let's talk to Tsepo Ikaneng. He is the presidential correspondent. President Jacob Zuma is hosting Business Unity South Africa, BUSA and the Black Business Council, the BBC, at the presidential business working group meeting in Pretoria. Well, business was expected to present at least five obstacles to doing business in South Africa, including education and skills development, the regulatory environment, impeding investments, infrastructure and the labor relations environment. Tsepo, good afternoon to you.
6: Afternoon
0: to you, A groundbreaking meeting, really, between business and the president, and of course, getting Busa and the BBC under one roof. It's not the first time that the president has met these two groups, but what can you tell us about today's meeting?
6: Yes, I think we have rightly stated that this is not the first meeting to have happened, and many people are kind of like skeptical about the outcomes of these kind of meetings because before. There's been pleasures, but we have not seen much in terms of implementation. However, there's been a new impetus, given the fact that we had comments by the governor of the Reserve Bank, Jim McCarthy, a week ago, to say that government has to really seriously look at the economic policies which he has described this week and somehow rigid uh, labor policies. So I think there's been a new momentum that has been uh, really given by the, the, the Reserve Bank governor. And again, as you know, that it has been a new uh, stats relating to youth, uh, to, to, to unemployment in South Africa to say that we have about 4.7 million people unemployed and this is a serious kind of indictment to the government uh, under President Zuma which has uh, promised really to uh, uh, fast-track issues relating to economic growth and um, and, uh, and employment uh, and we have about eight uh, uh, months before the next election and you can uh, just say how the ANC government uh, really is worried about meeting some of these mandates.
0: And uh, really you're talking about a new impetus and uh, that new impetus is, is driving bigger. Business Now to stand up to government and say Relax some of these policies They are unsuited to the task of Raising South Africa's growth rate
6: Yes, I mean This is what is really effect on the ground To say that we don't have new entrants Into the job market, the young people are still Unemployed uh, we still have uh, squabbles relating to the implementation of the youth wage subsidy. So it's one thing to talk to the business because there is an agreement to say these are real facts, these are the things that are impeding uh, business growth. But again, ANC, as you know, that is in alliance with COSATU. Mm. They have to go and see these propositions. This has happened before and there's not been much kind of uh, uh, positive outcomes relating to how government intervenes and co- and convince really COSATU to say, let's have a buy-in or let's compromise in some of these critical issues. So again, there will be Meeting today, but again, we still have to see as to whether the ruling party will be able to convince a COSAP which is uh, opposed to many of these kind of interventions that have been proposed from the, the Reserve Bank Governor to the business uh, chambers uh, uh, who are meeting today.
0: It, it's all well and good for these two sides to meet government uh, and under uh, the president, of course, uh, leadership there and and business. But is business presenting tangible, real, implementable solutions or? In your view, it's just another talk?
6: There's been a lot of conflicting reports. I mean, the ANC through its Secretary General, we've seen them attacking business to say that they're not coming to the party. There's been a talk that uh, there's been hoarding of millions of rents that have been in, in, in private hands of the institutions. They, they don't want to invest back into the economy. And again, the business has been quiet to say that uh, as things stand now, there's no con- uh, the, the market of the business environment is co- not conducive. Governments have to intervene in the labor hours uh, within the mining sector, including the agricultural sector. So, there's been the passing of the bug, The brain game is continuing. So, it's it really uh, we are waiting with better breath to see as to any new ground has been broken in terms of this uh, brain game that has been going on for the past three years. So, we hope uh, that when the briefing takes place in the next few uh, minutes, there'll be answers to these pertinent questions because they've been there before. So, we want to know as to any kind of uh, new thinking that has emerged from this gathering of the
0: president all right uh, thank you very much Tsepo Ikanen. he is uh, our presidential correspondent we'll see what comes out of uh, this meeting president jacob zuma hosting business Unity south africa and black business council this at uh, the presidential business working group that meeting is taking place in pretoria the united states has reiterated its long held position that any easing or lifting of sanctions against zimbabwe would happen only in the context of a credible election. At the weekend, Secretary of State John Kerry issued a statement that in light of substantial irregularities, they didn't consider the election to be a credible expression of the will of uh, the Zimbabweans. While at the United Nations in New York, there were no words of uh, congratulations, only to say they are watching developments closely, as Sean Bryce Pierce tells us.
2: There have been no ringing endorsements of President Robert Mugabe's electoral victory, not from the Obama administration or Ban Ki-moon's United Nations. Listen to his spokesperson Martin Neserky as I engaged him on the electoral outcome. Obviously, the the Secretary General continues to to follow this uh, closely. And uh, as we said at the time, and it still holds uh, true, uh, any concerns that have been raised about uh, certain uh, aspects of the electoral uh, process uh, should be pursued through established uh, channels. And uh, th- these concerns uh, should then be considered uh, transparently and fairly. The State Department hinted that the lifting of sanctions were unlikely. Spokesperson Marie Half.
4: We do not believe the results announced represent a credible expression of the will of the Zimbabwean people in light of the substantive electoral irregularities reported by domestic and regional observers. Uh, I have some information about how we think voter rolls had irregularities in them that that were not credible. Um, Preliminary reports from the AU, SATIC, and domestic observer missions also noted a number of serious concerns. So we've been clear uh, that any easing of sanctions will only occur if in the context of credible, transparent, peaceful elections. So I don't want to get ahead of the process here, but I think uh, the Secretary made clear that we do not believe these were um, a credible expression of the will. of.
2: So while the United Nations is waiting and watching to see how opposition concerns are handled through the established channels, the United States has been absolutely frank that it does not accept the poll results, placing it at odds with President Jacob Zuma, who endorsed the process, and has long held that sanctions be lifted against Zimbabwe, something that now seems increasingly unlikely. Sherwin Briceby's SABC News at the United Nations, New York. You asked for it, and
6: now it's here. SAFM proudly presents the best of the African Connection, Pretty Mwamba, the Dance Edition. Dance yourself silly in this compilation of the best dance numbers of the African Kinect with Wamba now available
4: at reputable CD Outlets.
0: it's uh, two minutes uh, before one right here on Midday Live on SFM South Africa's news and information leader Uh, earlier on uh, as our top stories we spoke to Professor Dimitri Labadaros. he is from the Human Sciences Research Council saying that uh, South Africa will see a drastic increase in the number of people diagnosed with diabetes over the next five years
7: we cannot remain a maize nation, maize meal nation forever after can we I mean we are evolving
0: and we spoke to our Patrick Dintra on uh, the motion of no confidence in the Speaker of uh, Tokwe Municipality.
7: It's a political
1: matter because uh, the DA and Annette's conference specifically, she's trying to control the power of the DA in Taukwe. Remember, Porsche's uh, Room on its own, its history is believed to be predominantly white
0: And that does it for your Tuesday edition of uh, Midday Live here on SFM 104 to 106. Still to come between 4 and 6 uh, this afternoon will be PM Live, courtesy of uh, Dashen Moodley. And uh, Tsepiso Makuetla is uh, your presenter tomorrow between 6 and 9, doing uh, AM Live every day Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and Friday, 6 to 8. And, of course, at the Forum at 8, between 8 and 9.